Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, Medicare podcast nation. Happy Monday. Today is February the 4th of 2019, and I'm your host, Christian Brindle, where every single Monday I bring you a podcast where I talk about your Medicare, your Medicaid, your Social Security, and everything that has to do with your retirement. Um, a big topic that's been kind of circulating in the world of Medicare, especially with all these new presidential candidates coming out of the woodworks you know, that are going to be running for president in 2020, is Medicare for All. And I think it's a topic that I was trying to stay away from. I didn't really want to touch on it too much, but I think it's something that need, that I that I would like to address, and I'm going to do so today, and that's going to be the topic that we're talking about. Today I'm going to talk about why Medicare for All is a bad idea and why it will never work. Um, it's clear to me, folks. So let's talk about what we know about Medicare as is. So Medicare for all is is, is the idea of a single-payer um, healthcare system where the government provides health care to every single American citizen. So what do we know about Medicare as it is already? Medicare is a system where people pay into FICA taxes, Social Security, Medicare. It automatically comes out of people's paychecks. They pay into it for... 40 plus years, the average American starts working between the ages of 20 to 25, but a lot of people nowadays start working part-time jobs even at age 15, 16, 17 when they're in high school or when you know they, they are on summer break. So a lot of people start even younger, but let's just give it the benefit of the doubt here. Let's say people start working in the middle of age to 20 to 25 because that's what it shows here on Inc.com. Let's say 23. That means, let's, if, let's, let's say people retire at age 65, just hypothetically speaking. Some are going to retire earlier, some are going to retire later. But let's just hypothetically say that people start retiring at age 65, just to throw it out there. If people start their careers or start working in general at age 23, they're going to be working for 42 years before they retire, which means 42 years they're paying into Medicare, Okay. Medicare, as constructed with this system going on since 1966 is the first year that Medicare started, Medicare has 44 million beneficiaries, about 15% of the United States population on Medicare, okay? Medicare, as is, with people paying premiums for it, I have you. People pay, every single person on Medicare pays a premium for their Medicare Part B. It's something we know, we've talked about. Medicare gets revenue from the premiums. Medicare gets revenue 
from FICA taxes, okay? And they get it for probably 20 to 40 years, depending on the individual, roughly. There's some that probably pay it for even less. There's some that probably pay it for even more, but they get it, okay? Um, Now, this is something that needs to be addressed because Medicare as is, for the last couple of years now, is in the red. Medicare is losing money despite them charging premiums for each person. Now, there's people on Medicaid that necessarily don't pay a Medicare Part B premium, but it's being paid for by another branch of the government, by Medicaid. But that's a story or a conversation for another day. Basically, there's a ton of revenue being put into Medicare that's supposed to be to fund Medicare, and it's still in the red. So the idea for Medicare for all is to take all the private insurance companies out of the equation. Okay, there's no um, United Healthcare's of the world, no Humana's, anything like that, and there's no copays, no deductibles, no out of pocket. First of all, you kind of might be able to see where I'm going with this. If Medicare is in the red, despite they charge premiums, despite that they take FICA taxes, it's pretty simple to see. That if every single person, every single American, right now there are 325 plus million people that live in the United States of America. Uh, So if we're just giving Medicare for all to all of these people, it's estimated. Now I'm looking, I'm getting, I'm getting my information here from um, Huffington Post and Reason.com. So I wanted to cite my sources here. Medicare is estimated to be to cost about $32 trillion over the first 10 years if it was put into place. $32 trillion. Our nation is already $21, almost $22 trillion in debt as of January 3rd, 2019. So we'd be adding on more debt than we already have now. $32 trillion. It's something that we simply cannot pay for. Stay with me into segment two, and I'll talk about some other topics that I wanted to touch on about this. Stay right where you are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everybody, to segment two of the Everything Medicare podcast. Today, we're talking about a very, very, very controversial subject, Medicare for all. So segment one, we talked about why the economics of Medicare for all make absolutely no sense. No one has an answer how this would be paid for. Um, But let's talk about the realities. If they did do this, they have to get the money from somewhere. And all of the government money, all of the government revenue comes from taxes from the people, okay? They might get it from other places, but we're not going to talk about that right now. They would make up the difference in our taxes. 
It's estimated from Huffington Post that if Medicare for All was put into effect, that the average American would see double tax payments. Double. So whatever you pay in taxes every year, double it at the very least. Middle class Americans would look at about a 65% tax increase just to break even, and it's not even clear that it would still remain profitable at that point, that it would not still be in the red, that it wouldn't still be in the trillions as far as dollars are concerned, as far as our deficit is concerned. So financially, it makes no sense, even if we tax the bejeebus out of everyone, to pay for this. So the other argument that people that have Medicare for All talk about constantly is, well, look at places like Canada, look at places like Europe that have universal health care like Medicare for all. So we talked about, we'll talk about that in a second here. But one more thing I wanted to touch on about the economics. Original Medicare, the Medicare, the way it's structured right now, pays 80% of someone's medical bills or they fund a Medicare Advantage plan to take over. They don't pay for everything. They don't pay 100% of someone's medical bills. Um, Medicare for all is proposing that they would. So not only would they be providing health care to everyone without someone paying into it for 40-plus years, without someone paying a premium for it of any kind, they would be paying more to the provider. They'd be paying more towards everything. It would be financially a disaster for our country. It would be. And I'm not making this a political thing. This has nothing to do with Republicans. It has nothing to do with Democrats. I I couldn't care less. I'm neither one. But the way I look at it is I look at facts. And the economics of Medicare for all just, frankly, folks, they don't work. Now let's talk about the other countries. It's been reported that in Canada, last year, in 2018, 60,000-plus Canadians went to other countries to receive their health care because the way that universal health care works is you don't get you can't walk into a doctor's office. You can't go somewhere and get seen right away. It's a situation where most places that have universal health care can we'll use Canada as an example, end up having a situation where it people are put on a list, a waiting list. Um might be three months, might be six months, might be a year, might be a month. It depends on what you're getting seen for. This is something that has been reported. This is something we know. This is a fact. I have plenty of people that I work with that are clients of mine that are from um, Britain, where they have universal health care. They moved here to get better health care here because they could get seen quicker. Not only that, it's been... It's been determined that the quality of care is more poor because it's all government regulated. It's completely ran by the government. And think about this, the, think about everything we know that's completely ran by the government. And you tell me if it's ran well or organized or run smoothly. Think Social Security. Think the VA. Think uh, the IRS. All of these facilities. Um, they're unorganized. They take an extremely long time to do things. So it's only reasonable to think that if other countries are having these problems as far as 
wait times, the quality of care being lower, we would have them as much as anybody else, especially with the deficit we'd be taking on. Um, we have to keep that into consideration. 60 plus thousand Canadians were reported to head to other countries to get health care because they wanted better quality and they, they couldn't wait for whatever they needed done. This is reality. So not only could we not afford it, it lowered the quality of health care. Things aren't perfect, folks, and I'll be the first to tell you that, and I'm not trying to make this a political discussion. What I'm trying to do is say that this idea, this philosophy is not the answer. It makes economically no sense. Um, Medicare as is, is in the red, despite them, like I mentioned, taking FICA taxes from people for their whole lives. And when someone's on Medicare, they're paying a premium to be on Medicare, and they're still in the red. So instead of doing that, and, and they pay 80% of the medical bills. Instead of doing that, they pay 100% of the medical bills. Um, and there's no premiums. People don't pay into it. Of course, it would make all of our taxes go through the roof, and that's how they justify making up for it. But this is something that needs to be addressed and needs to be put out there, and I wanted to give my opinion on it. Stay with me into segment three, and I'll wrap up my conversation, and I have a few more thoughts about this that I'd like to mention. Stay right there. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our third and final segment of the Everything Medicare podcast. And today I'm touching on the very controversial Medicare for all. I know it sounds good. I know when it's promised by people that are running for president or politicians, it sounds good. Think about this. When has a politician ever delivered on something they promised and it be exactly the way they promised it? I can't think of too many times. I can think of many times where it hasn't been the case. And like I said, this isn't a political conversation. This goes for both sides of the spectrum, Republicans and Democrats. Politicians never deliver everything exactly the way it's going to be promised, and this is no different. They promise that it's going to be free. They promise it's going to be good quality. It's not. And then let's just look at other places that it's being done. There's long wait times. Um, A poll done last year showed that 7 out of 10 Americans were against the idea of Medicare for all if it turned out to mean that it would reduce the quality of care and cause people to be put on lists and have to wait for their care. We know that this would be the case because every other place that it's being done, Europe, Canada, certain Asian countries, this is the way that it works. It's no reason to think that it'd be any different here. Not only that, we would be paying for it. You think your premium's bad for your health insurance, I guarantee you, you'd be paying a lot more in, in um, taxes to make up the difference. So you'd be paying more for less quality of care. Like I said, folks, are there adjustments that need to be made in the healthcare system in this country? I believe so. I believe there's things that need to be addressed, but I don't believe that this is the answer because economically makes no sense. 
makes no sense at, at all. And I know the idea of having things for free always sounds good and it sounds attractive, but nothing's ever free in this world. There's always consequences and there's always things behind the scenes that you need to take into consideration. So in conclusion, my stance on the Medicare for All movement is it's ridiculous. It's, it's asinine. It makes no sense whatsoever because of what we dictated. $32 trillion in, in debt in the red. Not the cost. $32 trillion in debt we would lose $32 trillion in the first 10 years, it's estimated, of it being in force. Our entire nation's debt is under $22 trillion right now. So let that sink in. It'd be $10 trillion more debt than we already have right now in, in a 10-year span. And that would be catastrophic for our country. Not only that, we would see Americans having to go other places to get procedures done. And it's just not the answer. It's just not, folks. If you have an opinion on this, if you think there's something that I didn't touch on, you're always welcome to reach out to us on social media. Um, Christian Brindle Insurance Services is my company where we help people on Medicare. It's what we do. Folks, the, another thing I wanted to touch on about this before I wrap up this topic is I think I'm a big believer that a private insurance company would be able to handle um, health care better than the government would. Private insurance companies aren't perfect. They make mistakes. They have their problems. But I think the government would have increasingly more problems because of, I mean, anything that's ran by the government is usually a total disaster. And that's where I stand. Because for the Medicare for All movement, it's been... Um, documented that it would completely take the private insurance companies out of the equation. Completely. Don't even need to touch on the amount of people that it would put out of work, myself included, but I'm trying to remain unbiased about this. An objective, and just look at it from an objective point of view. Like I said, folks, if you have an opinion about this or you think there's something that I didn't possibly touch on, you can reach out to us on social media, Christian Brindle Insurance Services on Facebook, Christian Brindle Insurance on Instagram, Christian Brindle without the E on Twitter, Christian Brindle on YouTube to check out our um, educational Medicare videos. If this, if this video gets enough support or if this podcast, excuse me, gets enough support, I'll do a video on this topic as well if you'd like me to for our YouTube channel. Folks, I really appreciate you listening. I hope you're having a great week. And I hope you understand where I'm coming from with this. This is not a political discussion for me. This is not about politics for me. This is about facts. And looking at it from an objective point of view and looking at the numbers and the facts behind it. I hope you have a fantastic week. And I can't wait to talk to you next week where I'll bring you another episode where we will talk about everything in the world of Medicare. Take care.